This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Friday. I hope your year has treated you as well as it can, considering it all. Today, I'm sharing a yearly recap episode with you kind of a behind-the-scenes look at what's happened this year, how I'm feeling, what I'm hoping things will look like moving forward. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. So here's my rose today. My rose today is the jalapeno ranch dressing from Lighthouse. I got influenced and I purchased it and it was everything. It remains everything. I will never go back to regular ranch. (laughs) My thorn is... I've just been getting like headaches more so lately. I think maybe it's like the way I'm wearing my hair or perhaps just looking at screens a lot. So I'm not thrilled about it. My bud is afternoon coffee. The shop across the street from my office has a new seasonal drink that's made with rosemary milk, orange cardamom syrup, and espresso. And it is so, so good, and I am definitely looking forward to that as a reward. Okay, now let's dive into reflecting on 2021. I typically like to structure my recaps by going through the dimensions of wellness. So um, there's seven dimensions, spiritual, social, environmental, emotional, intellectual, physical, and I add occupational. I don't think that's a real one. But so I'm I'm really going through eight, let's be honest. So the first dimension is spiritual. I like to think about like what went well, what didn't go well, and what I'm hoping will go next. So in 2021, spiritually, I got really into Qigong. And I think that was a big asset to my spiritual journey, just slowing me down. Another thing that has gone well for me in that regard is just daily silence. Having five to 15 minutes a day where I don't do anything but just sit in stillness, I feel like it brings me back to the purest version of myself, the most loving version of myself, the most present version of myself, and that's definitely something I want to continue. What didn't go so well is that I think I just felt really disconnected from other people this year. It's like I simultaneously felt more connected than ever via the social media and the internet, but more disconnected than ever from like real people in real life, even more so than 2020, honestly, for me. And I think a lot of that was necessary. Like I needed that space. I needed that time, but I just 
feel like there's a level of compassion and intimacy that is necessary for me to feel like I'm living as my highest self. So in 2022, I really want to focus on volunteering more, giving back more like physically. I think right now what a lot of what I do in terms of giving back is signing petitions, emailing senators, you know, sending money via my computer. But I want to be on the ground with people again. So that's definitely an objective for the next year. Now, socially, I honestly like working. I had a beautiful time of having regular lunches with my friend Laura Lee while she was here. I also got to visit my friends Tyler and Eric several times where they lived and good friends of mine from college came up to town to visit. And I've been able to get in touch with two of those two friends much more than usual. We've really been texting a lot more and that's been really nice. Things that aren't working is <laughs> my lunch date moved away. Laura Lee went back to where she's from. So happy for her, but I definitely miss her. I miss those regular lunches and we try to stay in touch via text and like up to date via text. I'm a very bad texter though. I just kind of like forget to keep in touch. That's one of my biggest struggles. So I need to like really be intentional about it. In kind of in the same vein, I have a literal list of people <laughs> in a note on my phone that I want to have coffee with or get dinner with who are friends of mine from years prior, people who I miss and want to connect with. Like I have that literal note in my phone and our life is just so scheduled out and you know, we have a kid. I have like a pretty high touch job and then Obi and I are always like needing time for ourselves, needing time together. So the idea of like making time for something else is really weird and tricky, even though it's something that I know that I want to do and need to do. It's hard to prioritize it. So that's definitely something I want to work on. So coming up in the next year, what I want to do is I want to be more intentional about reaching out to people both on my list week by week to make time for people in real life, but also to reach out to people via text. I'm also going to keep visiting Tyler and Eric, hopefully quarterly if possible. I did that last time they moved to Chicago. If you don't know, <laughs> I just assume you all know who Tyler and Eric are. They are two of my best friends from college and I lived with them for a while. We were roommates and Tyler and I were former business partners. They're just like two of the dearest people in my life and they live in Chicago. So I don't get to see them as often as I would like to, but I'm planning to visit them every quarter. And finally, I'm going to work hard to not over schedule myself in 2022 so I can save some of that energy that I have for the people I care about the most instead of giving it to people that I don't know. I think that that's something that's really important that I prioritize and make kind of sacred in the next year. The next is environmental. So things that worked for me environmentally this year is definitely like just I love our home. We kind of really made it our space in 2020. I added shelves this year into our dining room that made it possible for me to have like office type storage in our home. That was a big game changer. I just love our space, period. And then I think beyond that, just spending time in our yard. I'm obsessed with our yard. It's just like so seasonally beautiful. Like it whoever did the landscaping in this this place is insanely talented because every season something new was happening so there's always something to look at it never gets old like I don't know how they did it I 
hope that one day when I buy a home, it can, I can make it, that happen because it is magical. Things that are not working, I honestly <laughs> I really need to declutter and get rid of some things that we aren't using and sell or donate them. This has been on my list for months. If you've been listening to the monthly recaps or the last quarterly recap I did, you know how long I've put this off. <laughs> I can't hide it from you because I keep talking about it. So we made a deal with ourselves that if we haven't sold things by Christmas, then we have to donate them in the new year. Like I'm going to make a stick to that because it's just time. And some of you guys sent me really great places to donate and we're just donating them. And finally, I environmentally things that aren't working, honestly, I just need to clean up my car pretty desperately. I have like tons of boxes in there for some reason. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've like given it a good deep clean. And every time I go to an airport and I have to put my luggage on my back, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to clean this car out. So that's just, that's what's not working. Now for 2022 environmentally, in terms of like my personal environment, definitely donating, decluttering and no more things are allowed to go into our storage closets. We have a closet upstairs and a closet downstairs. Both of them are so full that you can like barely enter them. It's unreal. Like it's not, it's not cool. So that's not happening anymore. We're going to clean out the top closet, make it functional. The one on the bottom, like I'm not putting more things in there. If I think I'm going to put something in there, I'm taking it straight to a donation center. That's my, that's like probably my only new year's resolution of 2022. Now, emotionally, what's working is I have an amazing therapist that I love and I feel very supported by. That's been great. In the same vein, Obi and I are also in therapy together and we have an amazing therapist. Like he's so good at his job and that feels also incredibly supportive. I've set some really great boundaries this year, some that were really long overdue and they feel great <laughs> when I stick to them. It feels great. Things that are not working. So I still struggle to know what I'm feeling until it's a little bit later. Like sometimes it'll take me like a day to really understand what I'm feeling and process it. Like sometimes I'll just start crying. And then like the next morning I'm like, oh, that's what I was crying about. And I don't really think that's something that's like in need of fixing necessarily, but I want to be more accepting of that because my, I try to solve it. I'm like, why am I crying? What's going on? Why am I crying? You know, and I try to understand it. I try to make sense of it instead of just kind of letting those feelings be energy in my body and letting them flow through. So that's definitely something I'm keeping in mind. Also not working. I feel like I've just been generally more sad lately. I think it's because I can't quite... I can't move my body as much as I'm used to with my lungs, but also I'm not socializing as much, which is weird for me. So I definitely know that there's like kind of like an undercurrent of sadness that I'm kind of carrying around that is okay. You know that it's here, but it, it doesn't feel great. So I want to kind of, I don't know. I don't really know how to move through that. I guess I'll just talk to my therapist about it <laughs> instead of the internet. But with that, I think you know, some healthy habits that I want to incorporate in 2022 to support me emotionally. The first is daily walks. I really want to 
go out for daily walks. I think hopefully to build up my lung strength, but also to, you know, I have always said this, like I'm just the kind of person who needs a significant amount of exercise to be, I just do. I have to like export a significant amount of energy in a day. And with having lung issues, if you don't know, for like the last two years, since the end of 2019, I have had like really intense lung concerns that are, we don't really understand. And my guess is that it's long COVID. We just didn't know what COVID was in 2019. So yeah, and I record for a living, right? So if I expend a significant amount of energy, then I'm coughing all day and I get really, really horrible headaches. And I also can't do my job because I can't like, you can hear my breath, even on a good day, you can hear my breath, but you can really hear it on a bad day. So it's tricky. It's a tricky thing. So that being said, I want to build up that strength. I assume that's the right thing to do. I got, I'll tell you more about this in a second, but uh, when we get to physical, I'll talk more about this, but all of that to say daily walks for my happiness. Also, I really do want to prioritize my social life. I am an extrovert as much as I like people sometimes will say like, I'm a social introvert. I'm kind of an antisocial extrovert. <laughs> like I definitely get my energy from people, but I really like to be alone. So I have to prioritize socialization if I want to live a satisfied life, you know? And I think in general, just like less screen time, that's something that I got, have been really good about in general in 2021, but in 2022, I think I would like to cut it down even more just because I know it always makes me feel great. Today's podcast is brought to you by Papa and Barkley. I would go to the ends of the earth for the people that I care about. And I'm of the belief that the love we give only gives them more of an opportunity to take care of themselves, puts more goodness out into the universe. And, you know, as I share love with you, you share love with yourself, you share love with someone else and so on and so on. Papa and Barkley understands wanting the absolute best for the people that we care about the most. It all started with a son trying to help his father find relief from debilitating pain so he could get his life back. Today, they're still putting the same care into improving lives with award-winning CBD solutions for discomfort, stress, sleep, and everyday wellness. The Papa and Barkley product I'm most excited about are the relief drops. See, I have found CBD to be one of the greatest assets in managing my stress levels. And the relief drops are the fastest metabolizing option from Papa and Barkley. And that's why it's my number one choice. I know that I can feel my stress and anxiety one moment and find relief much more quickly with just a little drop under my tongue. Not to mention, I love the lemon and grass flavor option. I like to put just a few drops under my tongue or even in a glass of sparkling water for quick, tasty relief. Papa and Barkley founder Adam Grossman created the groundbreaking relief balm to ease his father's debilitating back pain. And from that powerful homemade balm, Papa and Barkley has expanded to a full line of topical balms, oils, tinctures, and capsules, all made with 100% natural, clean ingredients, and whole plant, full-spectrum CBD. So today, they're the number one cannabis wellness company in California, and with their new CBD relief line, they can ship nationwide. 
Their CBD relief balm delivers hours of comfort with simple plant-based ingredients in an at-home use test with over 300 participants. Users reported a 40% reduction in daily discomfort in just one week of using the balm. The award-winning CBD oil Relief Drops is their fastest metabolizing daily wellness option for easing daily stress, discomfort, and supporting a good night's sleep. Papa and Barkley is on a mission to improve lives through CBD in its purest, cleanest form possible. Go to papaandbarkleycbd.com slash egram for 20% off your first purchase. That's 20% off for new customers at P-A-P-A and B-A-R-K-L-E-Y-C-B-D.com slash egram. Thank you, Papa and Barkley, for supporting the podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Intellectual is our next category. Things that are working intellectually right now for me. I read so many great books this year, y'all. I read 67 books. I loved I just like dove headfirst into reading this year and that was so fun so good for me the other thing intellectually is attending and hosting Enneagram panels I just think panels are the best way to learn the Enneagram I feel really intellectually inspired I feel reconnected to the Enneagram through panels so that was definitely a highlight this year. Things that are not working. I didn't really do anything toward my second certification this year. I really want to get certified in the narrative tradition. I started working on that, like I guess 2019, 2020, and haven't completed it, which I don't feel like I have to. It's just kind of a thing I would like to do because I think it sounds intellectually stimulating and fun for me. So I didn't really work on that this year at all. I just had so much going on, but I definitely want to get back to that in the new year. So coming up in 2022, definitely want to figure out a new reading goal because in 2020, I had a goal to read one book a month and that helped me a lot. This year, I did the thing where I wanted to read through my bookshelf, also really motivating. And so I know I want to have some sort of intention behind my reading so that I can keep this up because it feels so good to me. I don't know what to do. Like those are the things I've done in the past. Those same things won't motivate me again. But if you have ideas for how you've motivated yourself to read more, I would love to hear it. DM me on Instagram at Sarah Jane Case because we should talk. I also want to at least take two more workshops toward my second certification. And I definitely want to host 
panels in 2022. If not in person, definitely virtually. I 100% know that I want to do that. We'll talk about I'm like trying not to get ahead of myself. We'll talk more about that in occupation. So physically, things that are working. I have done yoga and or Tai Chi every day this year. Definitely can't live without it. Amazing. My favorite thing in the world. I've been doing yoga for like over 10 years and absolutely just my lifeblood. That's working great. The other thing working great is I started birth control this year. So if you are, if you've been here a while, you may know that I used to have really awful menstrual cycles, like just they would take me out. Physically, I would get taken out on the first day. I couldn't do anything. It was like a sick day. The other days of the week, I would be so tired and foggy that I had a really hard time working. And so I had kind of built my life around that. I kind of knew the week before I'd be more emotional, then I would be kind of off for a week, you know, for the most part. And then I would have energy for two weeks. That's kind of how I had built my life. And I started birth control, I guess about six months ago. I had a pretty rough first month with it, but I'd read that if you go three, if you give it three months, then you have a more realistic understanding of how it's going to impact your body. And I'm not kidding you when I say that it changed my life. I know that it's not for everyone. I'm not recommending that you get on birth control, but for me, it made my periods Like I don't have stomach cramps ever. I honestly like barely have a menstrual cycle anymore. I don't skip my placebo pills. I I definitely like take it as if I will have a menstrual cycle, but I just don't. And I can't believe that I have like a month of being able to show up in my life the same way. It's like mind blowing to me. So things that are not working physically for me right now, I'm definitely in need of more movement. I am really having a hard time because my lungs make it hard for me to do a lot of the things that I used to do often, like go to the gym or play tennis or play, even play basketball, like things that I really love to do, even going for a run, all of that stuff feels inaccessible. Even some more of the like cardio, like vinyasa kind of yoga classes that I used to go to, it's really, really painful. And so I don't know how to navigate that. And I didn't go to the doctor this year. So here's the other thing. I went to so many doctors in 2020. I cannot tell you how many doctors and how many scans and how many different specialists I went to and just how sick and tired I got of going to the doctor and paying doctors money that and getting no answers. That is something that like I wouldn't wish on anyone because it's like you start to wish that you had a very clear sickness so that you could work on it, right? Like it's just this weird thing. And so I just quit going this year. I took a year off and was just like, I can't. But it doesn't feel good to not know what's going on with your body. So I am going definitely to get back into it next year. My husband started going to a doctor that he absolutely loved and had a great experience with. And it brought hope back into my bones. So coming up in 2022, I, again, I'm going to do those daily walks. I just want to like slowly build up my lung strength and my endurance. I think that's the right thing for me to do. But I've also gotten insurance. I I bit the bullet and bought insurance, something I hate paying for, honestly, because it's just, you know, I just hate paying for it. But 
I really want to figure out what's going on with my lungs and I have some stuff with my kidneys and I just want to like be good, you know, and just understand what's going on and have someone on my team who can tell me if it's, you know, what's safe for me to do and what's not safe for me to do, what's advised, what's not advised. Cause I'm just kind of guessing, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm definitely doing that in 2022 and I feel really excited about it, which is not something I could have said at the end of 2020. Now, occupational. So things that worked this year, writing the book has gone really well. I'm really excited about the new book. I'm really excited about the premise of it and getting to do the work on it. I feel really proud of just like the way that I've been able to get it done in the amount of time that I had available to do it. I just, yeah, that went really well. My podcast agency, I, I joined a podcast network this year that I really love and that has gone really well. And I really loved switching to my name instead of having Enneagram and Coffee as my Instagram handle, having my name, although I haven't posted a ton of personal stuff over there, I still just feel more like I'm treated more like a human than an entity that people can kind of treat however they want. It's definitely like I went back and looked at some of the DMs that I used to get back in like before I changed my name over. And people were really, really sick, honestly, (laughs) like just pretty awful. And no one, no one ever would send me anything like that now. And I really do believe it's because they see me as a person and not a brand. And that's worth the mental health. You know what I mean? I've lost followers. I haven't really gained any followers this year. And I'm okay with that because people are kind to me. That's what matters most. Things that did not work this year in terms of business. I was juggling a ton of income sources and I was exhausted. Honestly, I was just doing too much and I had to simplify a lot. I also had built in kind of a high overhead for myself. I had a private office. I had a full-time assistant. I had, you know, just a ton of overhead and That is not the way I like to live my life. I like to have a really low overhead business so that I don't have to constantly hustle and like constantly burn things at both ends. What's it called? Burn the candle at both ends. I don't, it's just not the way I want to live my life. I want to live like unencumbered, more free. So I moved into a co-working space, which I love. My assistant will be hiring an assistant in the new year. So if that's something you're interested in, definitely email me because we'll be taking applications starting in January. But yeah, it's just definitely looking forward to lowering my overhead. The other thing here is that I am not sure about the summit. So here's my concerns. So it's my major source of income in the beginning of the year. And it really honestly holds the business together for the first half of the year. It's my major, like one of my major things. The thing that I'm struggling with about it is it feels a little, maybe exploitative is the wrong word. I'll say it this way. I don't do virtual summits. If someone invites me to do a virtual summit, I say no, because it's really just not worth my time. I really think we should pay people for their work, but in order to have a profitable summit, you can't really pay everyone because you need so many people. And so the theory is that you make them affiliates so they get a percentage of the income. 
And for some people, they do really well. And for other people, they don't. But everyone's putting in the same amount of work like to teach. So it's tricky. Like it's a tricky thing. And it's starting to feel weird to me. And this was the first year that I really like, I don't know, I felt really odd about it. And I loved hosting it. I loved meeting everybody and talking to everybody and doing it. But it felt like in order for it to be financially worth it for me, I couldn't pay the people who were giving me their time and energy. And that felt wrong, you know? And obviously people are signing up on their, by their own free will. Everyone can say no. I'm not forcing people to say yes. You know what I mean? But I can't shake the feeling. I can't shake the feeling that it feels like not right. So I think I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to talk to people about it and maybe I'll change my mind. But honestly, I think what I'm going to do in the new year, let's get into 2022. I think what I'm going to do instead is do panels because it's not like I'm at panels. I'm not inviting experts to come talk about the thing they're experts in. I'm inviting people to come talk about themselves. So it's not like I'm inviting them to do their job for free. I'm inviting them to participate in the thing that I'm hosting rather than share of their expertise, if that makes sense. So I, I think I want to focus on that instead of doing one summit. I think I'm going to do nine panels over the course of the year. I also really need to redo my website. I have two websites. Neither of them are up to date and I've kind of just let them become a little like internet graveyards and that's not functional. So a new website is highly, highly, highly on the priority list in the kind of early new year so that it makes sense. So I make sense on the internet. I also want to focus more on content creation and writing, definitely promoting the book, but also honestly seeking more sponsorships on Instagram because I'm already doing that work every day and I should let myself get paid for it. So that's definitely something I want to do. And then my final thing for 2022 is kind of the, a big announcement for you all. And it's that we're ending season two of the podcast here and we will take the month of January off and we'll start season three in February. That way in January, I can recalibrate, make a plan, get organized for the book launch next year. And then back in February, we'll come back for season three and we'll be back to posting a new episode every single weekday of the year, which I still love. I wasn't sure. I was kind of like, we're gonna do this as an experiment in 2021. I still love it. I still wanna be like your commute buddy every day on your way to work. I'm here for it. So I hope that you all are here for it too. And you'll stick with me through January. Now, I wanted to also share kind of my big life lesson this year. If I were to distill what I learned in 2021, I think it would be in this essay that I wrote for type seven. So I'm going to read it to you here. And it's a sneak peek of one that will be in the book. I've put it on the internet before, so you might've already read it, but it's titled more. So it says, for most of my life, when problems needed to be solved, I found my solution in more. I thought if I just added more good things in, then I can make a patchwork quilt of good things to cover up all that I was trying to avoid. When I was in 11th grade, I'd built my quilt out of extracurricular activities. I joined 12 clubs, played multiple sports, had a job, and was going to my church three days a week. I would go to bed at 2 a.m., wake up at 6 to do my homework before another day of school. Eventually, I started to let my grades slip and even walked out of an AP U.S. history test because I hadn't studied. As a teenager, I felt shame. 
I knew that I had prioritized the wrong things. I felt judged by my classmates who sat next to me as I seemingly didn't even try to pass this test. Now that I'm an adult, I can see so clearly that I was avoiding the sadness that I felt when I went home. I took any opportunity to occupy my time so they didn't have to feel the rib-aching heartbreak of being on my own. The most difficult part of that memory for me is the way I chose to laugh it off. The way I made it seem like I just didn't care about the class instead of asking for the help that I needed. I can still see the look of disappointment that my classmate gave me, her furrowed brow and wondering eyes seemingly saying, what on earth is wrong with you? But now I realize that they had someone at home to ask them if they'd done their homework, to help them study. Their shock at my behavior was a shock at the way I was laughing it off, not at the fact that I had failed. I was a kid and I needed help, and my fear of letting anyone know allowed them to take me less seriously than I felt. And as I got older, more looked like adding income streams to solve my fear of not making rent, taking every interview for fear of being irrelevant, going out for drinks with friends every night because I didn't want to be home alone. The silly thing is that more has never loved me well. It has never held me through my pain, only made me the butt of my own jokes. More has never sat with me on the floor while I cried or helped me to be brave. Only less has done that. Only stopping and saying no and taking time to do nothing. Less allowed space for me to be more than the light that I thought I had to be. And as I embraced less, she whispered in my ear, you, my love, are plenty. You do not need any more. I just want to say thank you all for being here with me this year. This has been a hard one. I think for many of us, harder than 2020 even, because the novelty of quarantine was over, but the need for it was still relevant. And I'm really proud of us for getting through and for doing the best we could and for making the time for these kind of things like healing and nurturing and growth, even in the midst of something so exhausting. I appreciate you and I cannot wait to see what 2022 holds for us all. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.